This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline. It's Sunday. It's a get paid Sunday. And I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, as always, at Josh Jordan 975, which we can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? How you doing, my man? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, a selection Sunday. Um, March Madness, I guess, is officially here. It's in the air because the last week we've seen some of these conference tourneys already kick off. We've seen some of the buzzard beaters. We saw UT, your UT, go ahead and take down the conference tourney yesterday. Take down the uh, uh, the Cinderella, let's call it, the uh, fan favorite Oklahoma State. We're going to get a little bit into everything, but here we are, Selection Sunday. Before all that, though, let's get to the man behind the glass. Today we have um, Nick Sherrara in the house. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man? How have you guys been? Good, man. It's a, it's a little different today what we're going to do it because there's no football, right? We all know that. So the little uh, a little bit of change of pace, but the show is open to you as always, 713-780-3776. You can call us at that number. You can text us. Or you can also find us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv backslash ESPN 97.5. Come hang out with everyone. Like I said, we've built a little community over there every single Sunday. If you just want to get around and, and and get there for the shenanigans, let's call it. Get there for the ruckus because that's what it is every single Sunday. I'm looking right now on the Twitch feed. Shout out to Kobo's Q in the house. Shout out to all his good barbecue. Let's get it popping. What's up, Josh? What are we going to do today for the people? Man, I don't know. I think we'll we'll definitely hit the, the David Cully press conference, right? That. Everybody's been talking about that the last few days. Stephen A. Smith went scorched earth on the Texans on Friday. He came right after him, came after Cal McNair. He thinks they're using basically Cully as a as a punching bag for the media, and he was you know no part of the mess that they've turned into. And he feels like he's having to be the one talking to the media, taking all the heat. What was it like eight out of the first eleven questions or something like that were about Deshaun Watson? So we'll get into that a little bit later. The, the one thing I wanted to, to get into with you also is is these Astros bets for the odds for the season. I, I hit you up for a little advice because I was, I was looking at some of the odds and I had some questions for you. And uh, what I came to find out is I, I really like the odds of taking the Astros to win the World Series. Usually I don't like those bets that are drawn out over the year where they're holding up your money. But they're at plus twenty two hundred to win the World Series. Twenty two to 22, one. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 long. That's long. So I was just like, I put down forty five bucks. If it cashes, I win a grand. You know, so I'm just kind of like, I'll take a shot with forty five dollars and see if I can win a thousand bucks. And even if they get say to the World Series, at that point you can come back and bet on the opposite team. Yes. You're only invested for the forty five. You can easily come back and bet say one forty five on the other team as much as it hurts your heart. Yep. You know, you'll be like, hey, one forty five on the other team, so I'm gonna either profit a hundred or I'm gonna take what 
900 minus 145 in the 45. You know what I mean? So yeah. either which way, you can always lock up money if it gets there. And that's also something we'll talk about futures because I know a lot of people want to know what's the futures, what's going on. we we'll also got a future for you as far as the NBA and the MVP race because with Joel Embiid getting hurt this week, that kind of puts a wrinkle in things because he was the – the head-on favorite to be MVP. And I'm going to give you a little bit of advice as far as that. But we got so much to get into on this show, everything from Texans to Astros to just all around just funnies because that's what we do on a Sunday. Hopefully we can get you uh, up and motivated. No, no matter what your Saturday night was like, whether it was a little bit of drinks, whether it was a little bit of calm, hopefully we put a little bit of action into your Sunday morning. Um, how do you feel about this? So uh, I get up and it's like, man, what else are we going to what else are we going to be grouchy about? People getting up, yelling about the 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 daylight savings time. <laughs> uh, are we going to argue about that? I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of used to this my entire life. Uh, it doesn't really. I, I mean, I guess it does affect you. Obviously, one hour less or 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 more when it does happen. But uh, are you mad about this at all, man? I mean, do you feel any different today? I mean, not really. Nobody likes losing an hour of their weekend. I'll put it that way. When, when you in, know? in my prime, let's say that, that 21, 22, 23, when I'm at the bar, there was nothing better than it hitting midnight. And then you look at your boys and you're like, yeah, that that three over there is going to turn into a seven real quick after with this extra hour. You know, you knew you, you had that extra hour. It got sloppy. Those nights you knew it was getting sloppy. That was always a plus. Those were the best nights to go out, That the fall back, right? Because, you know, it gets it hits 2 in the morning, and then it falls back to 1 a.m., yeah, yeah. and you get an extra hour of yeah. drinking. Yeah, that was that was, the, that was fantastic back in the day. That, <laughs> that was the night. But, you know, nowadays, and since we were springing forward this time, you know, I look over, it's about midnight last night, and I'm like, oh, man, I need to go to bed because, really, it's like 1. You know, because it's going to change. So, I don't know. I feel all right, but maybe later in the week it'll catch up with me. But who knows, man. It's it's a different deal when you're not 22 years old and you're not – I mean, I guess they just reopened the bars, right? That's a new thing also. Like, that hasn't really been an option to go out and, and hang out at bars. But now all, it seems like that that's all open now. People are having mask-off parties. And I find it funny, too, that they they did this right before St. Paddy's Day, which I think is this Wednesday. So what a time to open up every bar right before St. Patrick's Day. Imagine that. Yeah. Massless party. Yes. I, I'm, I, I like topless parties. <laughs> Massless parties. I don't like those. But, yeah, I seem like I, I went out this weekend just to, to do some shopping or whatever. And, and the massless guy, he's looking at me like, what? You know, I'm walking by him. He's sitting there eating his dipping Dots, like trying to look like a badass. Everybody's looking, looking to go over the mask. Yeah. He's looking at me like, what? Uh, what? You know, and I, I kind of make that stare like, Yeah. You know what I'm thinking, and he's sitting there. I'm telling you, this dude was eating dipping dots, legs crossed, big old dude with a with a muscle shirt on, looking at me like, "What? Huh?" Walk on, and I'm thinking, "Man, this is just too much. This is too much." And little do they realize. I mean, how many of you people that work retail or anything in stores that you have to, I guess, interact with the public? If you have any stories of anybody acting crazy, because I could just, I, I couldn't imagine, man, just being in stores right now and being like, "Yes, I know the law, but the." But our our policy states that you still have to have a mask. My wife went through that working at a doctor's office, and they're I thought we were past that. Uh-huh. We are out there. Oh, this this is the week of the Karens, man. They've just been waiting for this. It's my right. Like we're gonna see a ton of fights at Walmart's and all kinds of stuff coming up this week. This this is the week, and you're seeing it too. Like you know, dudes just walking into Walgreens, like say something to me. I'm not wearing a mask. You know, people are. They're dug in on one side or the other. But it's crazy, though, because if you look at the ratio, like percentage right now, everyone's still wearing it for the most part. Yeah. Like I say, out of 
out of every 10 people you see, I say eight of them at least, nine of them, th- that one still sticks out. Every time you see him, you're, he's still the outsider. But now that outsider has a little bit of of a bigger chest on him. You know, he's walking around. just uh, He's looking for a fight. He's waiting for somebody to say something. Yeah, he's with, he's waiting. I mean, he's going out with that sole purpose. And, and, and I, I catch it, the funny ones is where the whole family's wearing them. And then the husband, he's not. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, even the kids are wearing yeah. them. And then he's sitting there like, I'm the only badass in this family. I'm going to shout down the 17-year-old girl at Walgreens that's working behind the counter. I saw one that his mask looked like an actual face, and then the <laughs> lady was going off on him. At the, she was like, how dare you You not wear a mask? And the whole time he's wearing a mask, but, it, man, it was, a, it was well-made, and it looked like a face with the mouth open. Um, either way, it goes, here we are. A little bit of seriousness coming here. We're going to talk, well, I guess seriousness, because as serious as we can get when it comes to a Cully interview. Right? Cully takes next ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's Sunday. It's Moneyline. It's Josh Jordan, Nick Sharara, and it's me, just a little bit of piece of this action. I'm Jerry Bowe. Thanks for hanging out on a Sunday. Shout out again to everyone on Twitch. We got Dr. Dre, BMFTX, um... Who else do we have in the house? Like, like I mentioned earlier, Titan Hugo, a little bit of Kobos in the house. Again, come go over to twitch.tv backslash ESPN975. Everyone's over there having a good time like we always do. Chuck says he's he's laying down floor basically right now as he listens to the show. Never effing again. I, I pray for you, man, because I decided to my uh, house has got floors. So I decided, man, this grout's looking a little, little slimy. Let me let me get down here before I know it, my back is. It's out of there right now, and if and, and that's just cleaning the grout, which ends up taking a good amount of your time, just getting down there and doing a whole house. But I can't imagine laying down floor. But whatever it is that you have going on on your Sunday, hopefully involves some good coffee, maybe the barbecue pits g- getting started. I know that's what's going down over there at, at the Kobo's household. But here we are, ESPN 97.5 Studios, 713-780-3776. Let's get into these Cully takes um, because it's, it's going to become, I think, a weekly – I guess segment we're going to call it Cully takes because this is what we have right now because that's who they're putting. We get the question from um, from Twitch. Why is he the one up there? And they also mentioned that Joel and Nick had the best point that they heard all week that where's Casario and Easterby with the questions? Well, that's obviously what's going on. That's what Steve Smith, uh, Stephen A. Smith said. He said they basically they put him up there. You saw Cal didn't even show up to the last one. He did a he did an intro and said and and here's the show next. And then they opened up the curtains, and then boom, it was there. So, what's going on right now? Is that what they're doing? Using his, his, uh, Cully as the as the punching bag? It it seems like it. You know, uh, Stephen A. Smith called it. They're using him kind of as a puppet, right? To to be the face of this thing. And I mean, he's he's not wrong. And Cully wasn't here for a lot of these terrible decisions. But to be fair, he did take the job. He knew, like with Casario, I'm not sure Casario knew Deshaun definitely wanted out. But Cully had to have known, you know, at least he, he watches ESPN. He knows what the media is saying. Now, Easterby and Cal might have told him something different, 
But he knew through the media that, that Deshaun wanted out of here when he took this job. And this was the only job he was going to get. I don't even think he got another interview. So I don't feel bad for him. But he made some mistakes. And, and Casario has spoken. He did an interview just a couple days ago. But he's he's just doing a one controlled interview with, with two people to where he's not answering questions from the media. You know, he, he did an interview with a couple of the guys, you know, on one of the other stations. So he answered some of these questions, but even he, they asked him a simple question. Like, has Deshaun requested a trade? And Don't he, say the D word. Yeah, and, and he wouldn't even give them a straight answer. Like, like That is the most dick, right? Hey, did he request a trade? Well, we keep those conversations between us and the player private. Like, in Cully the other day, he wouldn't acknowledge it either. Like, how can we get anywhere if we can't even just talk about the most simple things? Like, yeah, Deshaun's not happy right now. Hopefully we can change his mind. But but right now, you know, that's something that he has brought to our attention. What is wrong with saying that? Everybody already knows that's the case. Yeah, and, and that's why when you get these ones that aren't scripted, you get kind of questions like, does Deshaun even want to be a Texan? And this is what Cully had to answer. Will Deshaun Watson be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2021? He is our starting quarterback as of right now. He is our starting quarterback. Things happen between now and then, and then we'll see what happens. See, Jimmy, Coach, you just, you just open the door. right now. You just open the right door now. right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've been around, Coach. You know better. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is our starting quarterback. Right okay. now. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right now. And hopefully in the future. What does that even mean? And that's audio from the Hustle and Flow podcast. Uh, what does that even mean? Did we... Are we back to exactly where we were before the answer, question was even asked? I believe so as of right now. And I don't like the little laughing. It's like that. It's like a grandpa, you know, yet. <laughs> he got he got comfortable on that podcast. Real comfortable. You know what I mean? You could tell. And I think the Texans slapped him on the wrist for that. And that's why when they did the Zoom podcast with the media, he wasn't doing that right now. He's our quarterback. It was he's our quarterback. He's committed to us. He's under contract. I think somebody said something to him from the Texans for this interview right here that you can't be saying that oh right now ha 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 I, I think he took some heat for that. the chuckling yeah you know what i mean under it he, he chuckles like if you were reading this and somebody put that and you would take the context as of is he serious in when he mm-hmm. said it because he chuckles right yeah what what does it mean at the end when you start using words like that or or if he said well i hope he's our quarterback hope key words man key words and you start thinking he knows there he knows he's there for the talks inside that building. He knows actually what's going on. He just has to play this face right now. And it's just I don't see how it's possible that he's gonna be the quarterback at this pace. I just don't No, I, I think and here's the other thing. I, I did want to bring up I believe it was uh I think it was Adam Wexler that asked him, you know, is Deshaun committed to the Texans or something like that? And and he said yes. And he goes, How do you know? And Cully's like, Well, uh, well, he's under contract. You know, so he's committed to the Texans. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have spoken for Deshaun right there. I'm sure he'd rather have that back. Overall, I don't think he did a terrible job. It's a really hard task just getting, you know, just question after question from the media, and they're just poking at you, and you know you can't say something even though everybody knows it's true. But he did mishandle that question and maybe a couple others, and I thought that was a problem. But I think the salary cap space is going to tell us everything. And here's what I mean by that. If they cut Deshaun, or not cut him, but if they trade him this year before June 1st, they're going to take like a $20, $22 million dead cap hit. Mm. So, and they have 24, about $24 million 
in cap room before they they signed uh, Kirksey the other day in Mark Ingram. So they they were around twenty four million, and if they traded Deshaun before the draft, it would cost them about twenty two million. So they have to have about twenty two million in cap space just sitting there if they trade Deshaun before the draft. So they restructured Brandon Cooks's deal and changed a lot of his money into bonuses. So they saved about seven million on the cap when they did that, and that's what put them around the twenty four million. So my point is, if we see them continue to sign more free agents here and spend that money, you know, to where they're under twenty million dollars of cap space, then that tells me they're not going to trade Deshaun before June first because they they can't take the cap hit. What do you think the timeline is, Nick? As far as anxiousness, right? As far as when do we? It's the last worst case scenario to benefit us, or do we let this go? Because okay, free agency starts. Wednesday, and I know free agency and trading is two different worlds. I know that. But I'm saying once dominoes start falling along the league, how long do you think the Texans get it to where they say, all right, now's the moment? When's the, when's the uh, perfect time, do you think? Is it, is it before or after the draft, Nick? Or, or do you, when do you think is the optimal time for this to happen if it's already in their plans to trade them if they leave that, that money open? Uh, I feel like the, I don't know what the optimal time would be, but I do feel like pressure on both parties, the Texans and like the agent of Deshaun Watson, that pressure to, you know, when, as, as a deadline approaches, there's going to be more pressure for them to make a deal. So I don't know if there's an, op- I think there's an optimal time for, for Deshaun to get this done. And I think there's an optimal time for the Texans to get this done. But I think really it's outside both of their hands. It's once when both parties are put in a corner then they're going to be forced to make a decision and they're going to be forced to come to an agreement. So I don't know what the optimal time is. Do they, if, if they get to the draft, do you think that it went too far if the draft happens and he's not gone? Did it get too far now that they can't get draft capital for right now, right now? Now you're thinking if this does happen later, we're waiting a whole year of that rebuilding process. Probably, yeah. You probably waited too far at that point, yeah. And that's the concern, right? As we get closer to the draft, a lot of these teams that need quarterbacks, they're watching the tape of these rookies and going, man, yeah, this guy's good. You know, they're falling in love with these young quarterbacks, and then all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, Deshaun's great and all, but he's kind of a pain in the ass and he's expensive. And this guy, I could just draft right here, and he could be my quarterback on a rookie deal for the next several years. And exactly. you always value potential over what's real. It's like human nature, right? You know, yeah. we all thought that. Carlos Correa was going to be way better than Altuve when he was coming up. And that never quite happened. I know we saw a little bit of that in the playoffs this year. But overall, Altuve's been the better player. But because Correa was the number one overall pick, we always thought he was going to be the next A-Rod. I think that's just natural. These GMs are going to see these rookies and be like, oh, he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Once this draft happens, then everything changes from your perspective as an organization for the future because now you have different pieces. Now you start thinking, all right, well, it's – Let's go ahead and build around these pieces. Maybe yep. we didn't need to make that big move. Or, or you start thinking, that, glad we didn't make the crazy trade that we, we wanted, Watson. We're glad we didn't give them that extra one that they were, the, that extra little pick they needed to get over the hill to make the trade happen. Yeah, we gave up four ones for that guy. Exactly. How are we going to build around it? Or whenever things get scarce now and all these veterans, because teams are cutting down because the cap moved down this year and teams are, are having to cut these veterans. And they're left on the table. You can make an easy deal for one of these guys and, and move in a total different direction and say, man, this guy fell in our lap. How did that happen? Yeah. And you always somehow value the guys you drafted more 
You know, it's like a pat on the back, like, hey, I got it right. You know, in your fantasy draft, when you nail like a sixth-round pick, and that guy turns out to be incredible that year. It's like growing a flower, yeah. though. Like when you grow it from from from, from yes. bottom, from seed up, you yes. get the seed. When you go buy it from Home Depot already, you know, grown, it doesn't feel the same. You're just kind of putting it down, and you're like, man, you, you've you grown well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. When you did your own, though, you I like, listened to that band way before they were cool. Yeah. Don't you, know, you remember like, that little uh, science project growing up when you yeah. put the bean the little bean inside yes. the plastic baggie and the bean would sprout and with that you felt accomplished didn't you yep you took science, pride in that science class on a sunday morning monday line espn 97.5 you're listening to espn 97.5 You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's Moneyline. It's Sunday. No football. Maybe a little football. I do have a play for you. We've been hot. It's been spicy. It's been spicy up in here. I'm telling you, last week we hit something. The last week before that, the uh, the play of the month went down. Oh, yeah, I got in on that one. Thank you, sir. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it. Let's keep it uh, spicy in here for the for the I guess the the remaining of this show. I'm going to have maybe two or three plays, maybe a little basketball, a little hoops. Uh, U of H pulled off a uh, nail biter yesterday. I know that uh, you're a big U of H guy, Nick, but I know you're also an MMA guy. And I wanted to ask you this. Because uh, now we've had two weeks in a row where the main event has ended for outside reasons other than just a winner or a knockout or the fight finishing how it should. Yesterday, unfortunately, it was an eye poke. Last week, we saw an illegal knee. What are your thoughts on all this, man? Because like I was telling Josh, man, that illegal knee to me, I I know it was a disqualification. Yes, it was illegal, but I just hate one man getting a belt in that scenario. And then now this week we see an eye poke that ends up being a no contest. Yeah, and the Bilal Muhammad situation, you know, thankfully you know, he's already got checked out and it looks like he's going to regain sight and he's it's not permanent. So that's a good thing. But my whole thing is, and I could see why he was emotional because he was a number 13 fighter. And they said, you know, the winner of this fight gets a title shot. I just don't agree with Leon Edwards. I don't think this is a good enough win for him to justify the title shot. I know there were circumstances that were not his fault he trained he was prepared either you know opponent tested positive and the fight had to get scrapped and the circumstances were never his fault but I don't think an eye poke no contest fight earns you a title shot that's just my personal opinion okay so then overall let's go back to the uh, previous weekend with Jan and Sterling and this question I have for both of you guys because last night we saw a no contest off the eye poke I'm in the, and I know it's a disqualification for Jan because illegal knee, but should it be a disqu- uh, no contest then as well? Because Sterling, a guy that got need inside that inside the octagon, he's over there acting like he can't even concentrate and focus. And then two hours later, they're sitting around taking shots with it, and he's walking around with that belt. So to me, I just, what would you do in that predicament or or going forward? Do you see? Do you think we see changes like in a, in a, in a title fight? The belt shouldn't, and I know it's a disqualification. I know it's different, but it's. I just don't see that. That shouldn't be the way. Just like how you said that Leon shouldn't. It doesn't necessarily propel him to what he should be a title shot. It may be. An, a, 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 let's go again. I know that we said what we said, but we didn't also didn't know. Maybe in the fine print, it should have said if it's a legal knee or disqualification. Maybe we're gonna retalk this. What do you think? I just, look, I'm with you. You don't like to see it go that way, but if you don't hold people accountable and stick to those rules, then 
then people are just going to do whatever they want. So if you don't, if you don't hold that line, then then what incentive do you have to to not do those things? Yeah, it's, it's, I I hate to see it. I mean, but you're right. It, it, illegal knees and illegal knee. We saw one again last night. I mean, yeah, I know uh, the Peter Yan situation. I mean, and Aljamain Sterling. That was just because of the rules. You know, Aljamain, Aljamain Sterling has been getting all kinds of crap because he has the belt and he's walking around with the belt and he didn't earn it. And he looked like he was breaking down in that fight. So, Broken. but those are the rules. If you can't continue and it's an intentional knee and you can't continue, that's a disqualification. If it's an accidental situation like the one with Bilal Muhammad and the guy can't continue, it's ruled a no contest. Those are those are the unified rules. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I don't think Aljamain Sterling is the rightful champion. I think Peter Yan is a better fighter, without a doubt. But those are the rules, and they'll have a rematch, and hopefully the right winner wins this time, you know? And yeah. we have the uh, the audio from the, the eye poke, right? I, I, I think we do. Oh, 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 man. Captain Insano shows no mercy. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. <laughs> that's what it sounded and that's like. all we have, a recap of the fight. Okay, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The phone lines are open for you. Whether you want to talk from talk from uh, eye pokes to a little bit of what we're about to get to now, and I know that we've talked about this often the last few weeks. We've talked about it, and we've got into depth about it, and and we've realized that we do have a big cowboy faithful following, especially all our our Twitch guys. There, there's a bunch of cowboy fans there. But I know it's happened. Uh, we only talk one time a week, right? So a lot's happened since last Sunday. But Dak got his money. He stood his ground. What, did, what was your first thoughts when you saw the number of $160 million, making him the highest paid player in the league in league history based on the value at signing? My first thoughts are Deshaun's already underpaid. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, that's incredible. That should be, like, good for the Texans. Like, hey, we got Deshaun on a reasonable contract now. So when they trade him, they should get even more for him. That is the first thing that went through my mind. Now, where would you rather be? Because then you start comparing him to, let's say, the Mahomes deal, which has a new money average of $45 million. That puts him $5 million ahead of Prescott. But Mahomes has that long contract, and that's where we start talking. Where do we go from here? Because I see Dak coming out, and, he, yeah, of course, he's in the presser, and he's saying all the right things. I'm going to be a cowboy for life, but he can't say that. His, at 31, he's going to have another chance to make a move. Now, whether it'll be his opportunity because – I guess let's talk about scenarios. And what scenario do they resign him? What what does he have to ha- make happen to to fulfill the necessities that or, or 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 what's needed for that kind of money? What are the Cowboys expecting from him if they don't get a Super Bowl? Which that's a big jump to say right now. Hey, I'm expecting a Super Bowl for this kind of money, but I'm also you're talking about historic kind of money for Dak now. What are you expecting? What does the Cowboys faithful expect out of him? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What do you think is the bar? It, it's got to be like you said, the Super Bowl. And Jerry Jones straight out said, "I overpaid. He <laughs> he got me poker." You know, at at the press conference, when do you ever see that? Where it's like, "Yeah, he got me. I way overpaid for this player sitting like, right next to me." You never see that from a businessman. <laughs> from a businessman, like he said, the price of poker. Sometimes they take your shirt off. The best things in my life I ever paid for, I overpaid for. Hookers? He said that too. <laughs> you know he's overpaying for hookers. She's, how much? Three hundred. Here's six hundred. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know that that's the way it goes down in the boom boom room with him. But though, okay, so then you start looking like like Ryan Tannehill deal worth one hundred and eighteen million over four years, forty two million under Prescott, and we've seen what I'm not trying to compare Ryan Tannehill to Prescott, but at the same time, Tannehill guys over there, we know we got Titan Hugo in the house. He's saying, why not? 
what's the big difference? Let's look on paper. I know I know. once we say names, Tannehill doesn't compare to Dak, but if we look on paper, what has Dak done so much greater than Tannehill? I mean, let's let's look. I get it. I think Dak is a, is a good quarterback, and, you know, we do a lot of fantasy on this show, right? He'll probably be a top-five fantasy quarterback next year. You know, he's got C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Gallup and Zeke Elliott. And that's what sucks, man, you know? because I think the guy that is in the corner of saying, man, this was the right move, he's always going to justify it when he looks and he's going to say, look, he's top five, top six, top seven. Yep. And it's always going to be like that. Josh, you would be top 14 <laughs> if you had that offense. Right outside of QB1, maybe QB, I'd start you in a two-quarterback league with that offense. I, look at the weapons he has. We, he has all everything at his disposal with an offensive line. With, I mean, he has everything. What else? It would be, it, it would be a travesty if he was outside the top ten. It's true. I mean, they put up crazy numbers last year, especially Dak. He was throwing the football fifty times a game. <laughs> His defense has given up thirty, though. Yes. Let's talk about when he was quarterback in that first half of the season when the Cowboys and the and the and the, and the Seahawks are. Are, are dueling for the worst defense of all time. Remember, they were throwing historical numbers up there. They were giving up 500 yards. What does 500 defensive yards uh, mean? That, you're, they, that your quarterback's going to have to throw up something to chase back. So, yes, it's going to look like on paper like it was the right move. Many say it was the market. I mean, look at the market. And and what I have to say to that is, what is the market? When when there's various uh, or buyers People willing to purchase at, at X price of the same product. Well, how many people were going to purchase him at that price? I don't think very many. Not at that price. And coming off a broken ankle. You remember that play where his ankle's just dangling off his leg and he still got paid? I think there was a lot of like a pat on the back like, man, that, that was a horrible scenario. I think that that had a lot to do with it. It was, it was a lot of love in this. Yeah. I think that the Dallas organization saw the Cowboy faithful, the fans, how they reacted to Dak, how they were so, you know, I mean, they grew even closer to Dak after that, after that, that injury. Um, I think they saw how it all panned out, and they was kind of like a, like you heard Jerry Jones speak, like they, this wasn't business at all. This wasn't a, a a business like deal. This was straight up. You know what? We've gone 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 too far. If they they could have done this deal two years ago, they could have, and I think they were really close, and then. Dak had a few really good games, and then Dak and his agent went, hold up, we're just increasing our value here. And then they pulled away, and then that upset Jerry Jones because he thought they had an agreement in place, and then it drug out another year. But I think Jerry saw last year that even with Andy Dalton, and then remember when Andy Dalton was out for a couple weeks, and they had, I don't even remember who was quarterback for him at that point. The Nooch, how could I forget the Nooch? He saw that if I would have had Dak, we would have won the division. We would have been in the playoffs. Easy. Easy. So yeah. that's where he comes back this year, and he's like, all right, well, I'm going to make sure we have Dak. This division didn't get any better. You know, the Eagles, they're not even sure if Hurts is going to be their quarterback. The Giants haven't been good in forever. The Washington football team, they're going to have a new quarterback, I think. So Russell Wilson did, the again, the Adam Sandler checking off the list. The, 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 yes, people to kill list. People to kill list. He took a Cowboys off and then put on the lipstick. <laughs> put on the lipstick. That's what happened. But I guess uh, this is what you have, Cowboy Faithful. If 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 you feel good about it or not, I want to hear about it. 713-780-3776. I know that you guys probably have some things going on on Twitch right now. We'll get to those on the other side. We've got a lot of football to talk because now we're seeing guys that are, are going to be on the market. Again, free agency. It cuts loose Wednesday. We're in that we're in that window where we're starting to hear rumors. We're going to talk about that next. ESPN 97.5. 
You're listening to ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's the squad. They're here. All of us. Josh Jordan, Nick Sharara, Jerry Bowe, 713-780-3776. You want to talk about anything from UFC, the uh, no contest we got our man Alex from Twitch or Twitter saying they got to run that fight back. I think he's referring to last week or even last night. Either one, I'd like to see him again. But here we are. We don't know. I know that the the Jan Sterling they are talking about running that, that one's going to be run back for sure. That has to be run back. Um, I, I don't see it playing out any different than it did. But now that Sterling knows that his tactics weren't weren't going to work, he he wasn't going to take Jan down so easily. Um, I'm not sure. Now, I, I, one thing I can tell you is that the odds are going to be way, way different on that fight. I could see Jan, open, or, uh, yeah, Jan opening up somewhere around 230, 250. He's going to be a more than a two-and-a-half uh, uh, favorite on that, two, a two-to-one favorite on that because uh, we saw the difference in them. And we saw that Jan could fight for five rounds at that pace because people kept thinking, man, maybe he's going to slow down at one point. But it was Sterling that came out way, way too hype on that, and everyone kept saying, even the announcers were going, man, he, he's coming out fast. He better have a plan for this. And the plan never worked. So here we are. I think he was nervous. Yeah, it was too much. Just too much, too fast. The moment, just everything, it just got to him. But I don't know how you guys feel about this. I hope it's not a – I know some people are nervous about their direct deposit. I know you asked me coming back into this. Some people are getting their $1,400 Someone on Twitter said their stimulus hit already. I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, many people. um, My my wife told me that she's in a group and they were talking about it. But I went to Twitter because – Deposit fourteen hundred was uh was uh trending right, so I click it, and it is true. Some people are getting it, and this is what people around America are doing with their uh, stimulus. This guy says direct direct deposit hit fourteen hundred. Me at Dick Sporting Goods, bring me the, you know what? Um, <laughs> I feel like people are just gonna buy a bunch of PS fives. <laughs> me, <laughs> yes, yes. Direct deposit <laughs> hits. Me at Gold's Gym, bring me all the gold. Uh, this one, um. Hold on, I had some good ones up here, man. But people, yeah, me at me at Bucky's with my fourteen hundred dollars deposit. Bring out that damn beaver, <laughs> all those beaver nuggets, baby. <laughs> you know what? What uh, a lot of people, man. I just I just got a feeling, man, that that a lot of this fourteen hundred dollars is gonna is gonna go to a lot of waste, man. But uh, again, you can't stop it. Especially I, I saw some people that. I mean, I didn't even think about that. With when once you have kids coming into this scenario, someone where I put here just put a uh, deposit fourteen hundred Apollo Media put deposit fourteen hundred me. Calling Carlos Correa. <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's if you're out there and you're praying, hopefully it gets to you. Me at Dollar Tree with fourteen hundred. I'll take fourteen hundred trees. <laughs> just can be there for a while. People are wild, man. Just people are wild with these things. But uh, me at Direct Deposit hits fourteen hundred. Me at Target, bring out that effing dog. <laughs> just people are wild with this, man. Just there ain't. Me at Buffalo Wild Wings. Bring out the damn buffaloes. <laughs> Me at Target. How much for the big red balls outside? <laughs> Just people acting flashy. Everybody's living their best life right now. <laughs> Me at Target. I want all the Mario statues and no falling prices on my feet. You know, just everything, man. Again, if you're going to ball out on a 
Balling on a budget coming up soon. A hey, power to you. Yeah, if you want, text the show. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what are you gonna what are you gonna use the money for? I saw some guy call um, uh, the Wheels show. What, what is it with the uh, John? Clayton? Let's talk wheels. Is that what? yeah? Mike oh, Herzing. Give me the deal. No, give me the Vin. Oh, give, the, me, give the, me the Vin show. Give okay. me the Vin. He, he usually when somebody says Coke and Coke and hookers. They, they just leave and they kind of hang up. This guy stayed on the phone like he was serious. This man was serious. He said, man, I've been waiting a long time for this. And he knew prices and everything. You know, John Clayton, uh, he's going he's gonna to play into that conversation. He was like, all right, well, tell me more about this. This guy, the FBI's onto him now. I'm telling you right now, that's how much uh, we need to keep an eye on this guy, whoever he was, because he, he went into debt. But, yeah, if you're going to make sounds it like rain, a dude who said, who was like, hey, what would you do if you won the lottery? And he said, hookers and cocaine in Las Vegas on the television uh, broadcast. <laughs> Two chicks at the same time, man. The, the, uh, the look on the person's face, the anchor on that one, when he says that, she's like, oh. They're like, they're like, oh. She's like, cut that, cut that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about instead of hookers and blow, your $1,400 stimmy. Where would you put it if you can bet the NBA MVP odds? Let me ask you guys this, right? Because now that Embiid's out, and this is something that I hate that Houston fans, they don't want to hear it, but this is my angle, and I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts. Because now that Embiid, he was only at like plus 150. That's not that much to, to pick out the MVP of a future, and it's half the season's gone, right? So then the, night, the next guy is Nikola Jokic, right? And then LeBron, and then it goes to Giannis, Luka, James Harden. I'll stop right there because this is my point. I was seeing it as a three-horse race between Embiid, LeBron, and then the way that James Harden has played as of late. So the topic of this discussion and it's open for everyone 713-780-3776 if Embiid doesn't get back in there Jokic being a big guy and he's almost averaging a triple double so yeah that would get him there but let's say he falls off a little bit do the MVP voters look at those that little what is it what 12 games that Harden was was here do they take that into context and does that hold him back from ever becoming the MVP because right now you can get Harden at 14 to 1 and if James takes a step back, and the Lakers aren't what they're supposed to be because the injuries that they've had, and, and Anthony Davis isn't there. So let's say he takes a step back. Now he's competing against Giannis and Luka, which I think he can do better than them as far as MVP race. So is there value on James Harden at this, or are the voters going to step back and say, no, nah, we remember those days, though, the, how that's – I'm going to say no. I, I think uh, – I'm going to say you shouldn't take that. I'm not a gambler, but I'm going to say no. I think the NBA is too much of – well, it's his turn to win the MVP. They have that mentality way too much. He's already won, and then you couple that fact with the fact that that first few games or however, how many games he was with the Nets was him trying to get to know the team, and he wasn't really that doing that well. I think that keeps him from winning the MVP. That's interesting because I'm with you there, but I wonder what the media, because now that he's in New York, People are like, man, it's James Harden guy. Yeah, he's pretty yeah, that's good. True too, yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, man, it turns out he's he's not a disaster like we thought he was with the Rockets. This guy's actually a good basketball player. It's so funny how the perception changes. You know, quick. yeah, quick when he goes to that big market. But I'm kind of with Nick too. They get tired of people winning it all the time. So I think Giannis is kind of out just because he's won it so often lately. I'd kind of like to see it for LeBron. You know, at the end of every season, we're like, how did LeBron not win MVP? You know, so I wouldn't mind it going. Because he settles. I mean, he, he he's one player that one thing you can say about him, if you have any criticism, one thing is that he does settle. He does let other players perform so he can relieve the stress 
off of him. And I think that always takes away from you in terms of winning the MVP. You got to be a little bit more selfish, I feel like. But in his case, he's such a great player. He still may win it. But I think what always puts him in the number two or number three spot is the fact that he lets other players perform. You know what I mean? He doesn't always want the damn ball all the damn time. Selfish. Keyword that he says there, Nick. Um, selfish. In the dictionary, under selfish, P.J. Tucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? I mean, and MVP. When we talk about MVPs, P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do about this scenario? You know, like the NBA, man, it's it's losing control here. Of the and, and and now the NFL, you see the NFL tries to get cute sometimes. Some of the players, like the the, the Watson scenario right now, I mean, and we've seen it over the last few Ramsey. We've seen a few players just check out, but the NBA, man, it's that's becoming contagious almost because the way these NBA players act, it's just it's out of control. It's like the it's like the the owners don't have that much control of things. It's it's in their hands. We saw it with Harden this season, and I just think that once you let it get past this this a certain point. Then, then there's no coming back. Once you allow, it's like letting the bad kid get away with something. Once you let a bad kid get away with something, then he knows, well, this is as far as I can go. And sometimes I can even tow over the line. And that's where we are right now with, with, and I never thought, man, PJ always seemed like when you, whenever you look up PJ Tucker's resume, it's going to say, you know, hard worker, you know, fighter, uh, locker room guy. No self-awareness. Locker about that. Yeah. And then now it's going to be like, now we can add to that. It's going to be like, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's comma, let's take away that period and let's keep adding to this. Selfish, uh, just non professional. Doesn't realize how terrible he is at basketball now. And then nobody wants to trade for him. Doesn't play well with others. Yes. And, and see, it's different like when James did this because you need James and he has value. With PJ, you could just be like, all right, fine. Just don't show up from the team. Nothing will change for us. You don't impact winning it all in the, at this point in your career. It used to say, good from the corner three. Now it's in italics because it's it's a past tense, you know. Was good from the from the corner three. Like, I, I used to, and now when watching this day and age Rockets, now when you give it to them and you're like, don't shoot. Swing it. Uh, every time he'd get them, like, swing it. Swing it. I mean, he he's hitting. He, he's not even close on these shots. It's not oh. the same PJ. It's not the same guy. And, and I don't know if. Maybe the shooting, maybe maybe on the defensive side, maybe a little bit of everything happens has to do with the team and everything. I mean, I, I could just he's see scoring it. zero points a game though. He, he like doesn't care. That's, is that good? <laughs> but then watch, see, you see him go to another team, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like he was that missing piece. That's all the team needed. As nah. coming off the off the bench. I past ten games, seven of the past ten games he scored zero points. He scored <laughs> one game with one point, one game with seven points, and one game with eleven points. How are we going to live without him? I don't understand. Who does he think is going to want him? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is when you bring out the auction, you know, and then you, ha- you 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 bring him around, and it's like, do we have any bids? Any bids? And people are walking out of the one dollar <laughs> sold. The guy's like, no, I was scratching my nose. I don't want him sold to you anyways. This is Moneyline ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN 97.5.